Holy! Sporty Jackie Demings back in the building! Off the record podcast. What episode is this? Yeah, people, I was feeling a little ill for the last couple of days, but I'm back. Yo, let me tell you this, man. Ain't nothing better than a goddamn hot beat and a lot of disrespect. That's why drill music be popping. I know I said it was murder music, but goddamn it, these producers know how to flip a sample. Listen to this junk. Holy! Hey! Hey! Hold up, man. <laughs> this shit is so fire. Hold on, 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 hold on. Wheel and come again, selector. People. Uh, that's actually my song of the week. Okay, let me start off top. Tell you why I didn't, you know, do a podcast in the last couple of days. You know, I was feeling ill, but I'll get to that in a second. That was my song of the week. It's called Talk Facts by D Thing T Dot. And Bando, okay, now, by the way, not a paid promo, nothing like that, just really my new favorite song, okay, I like that Bronx drill stuff, y'all know K-Flock like my favorite, okay, I like Dougie B guy, I like, you know, B-Love, I interviewed him, and um, I just got on to D-Thing, okay, this is his hot song, unfortunately, just got locked up, though, okay, however, you know, the, the, the whole drill community is really going through some stuff, especially in New York, New York is not having it, okay, uh, K-Flock locked up for murder, um, D thing, he just got indicted on conspiracy. That's what they got Bobby Schmurter in them with, right? And then, um, we see Dougie B, he keeps going back and forth to jail. I think I was supposed to do an interview with him, and then I think he had got locked up or got some problems with the law. We never got a chance to do it. Salute to Dougie, uh, to be loved, though. You know, he's you know, waving the flag high. I will say, yo, somebody said something that kind of mirrored what I said about Bronx Drill recently. And they said about drill music in general. They said drill music is just like, you know, destructive to the soul. They said something in a roundabout way. Forgot exactly what they said. And, you know, that's kind of true. But you know what? What I've learned is that, you know, we are humans and we pick and choose. And I've realized that, you know, drill is one of the things that happens to me. I've be a vice of mine. And this is why when it comes to like Bronx drill, I don't get too much into it. I don't want to know who's beefing with who. Like if I hear them diss each other, I kind of tune it out a little bit. And I'm gonna be honest, we're humans and we're all hypocrites and we're selective, okay? Because if we're if we're gonna be very honest about it and be objective, you wouldn't like none of this shit, okay? Yo, you ever Google some of the lyrics from these goddamn, you know, Brooklyn drill songs that you love? Man, I'm dancing like a motherfucker to this song, you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, I just got my floors polished, so I'm moonwalking like Michael Jackson, I'm hitting up the woo walk, I'm doing all type of stuff. I'm going crazy dancing to these songs. Like it's like a, it's like a, a acrobatic exercise for me. Okay, then I googled the lyrics, and you know when they started saying they smoking on so and so and so and so and so and so, man. I know sometimes if you're not that knowledgeable, you might think they're just saying random shit. I googled it. No, they're real people. They're they're dissing real people who died. And then when you start looking at some of, of like the people who died, they're dissing kids. They're dissing 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds. They're dissing children. So, a lot, so you know, it, it kind of makes you feel conflicted. Are you enjoying this music that's dissing kids? Think about it when it came to, uh, um, you know, uh, Love Sosa. Don't like. A lot of music Chief Keef was making. It was dissing other kids. But we still just, you know, Danced away and kept, you know, you know, uh, gleefully ignoring what the main thing that was being communicated in these songs. You know, we're all hypocrites. And that's one thing I know for sure. Okay. 
because if I if I tell y'all, you know, if I tell y'all somebody dropped a song dissing King Von, y'all be outraged. But when King Von was alive, if King Von dropped a song dissing Tuka or like 15 other dead people, y'all be like, oh, this shit is fire. Again, we're all goddamn hypocrites, okay? Now, uh, salute to all the guys in the Bronx drill movement, man. I'm liking the music, man. Unfortunately, uh, I can't get too close to it. It just, it just, just, it's conflicting for the soul because you're, you, you are in essence supporting it. And I've always said this, man. And I remember, you know, when I uh, initially made my stance, people didn't get what I was trying to say. Bro, let me tell you, and let me give you the reality behind just like how, you know, hypocritical motherfuckers is. People don't want to blame the real issues. People always shift the blame. That's how it goes really in life. Never want to get to the real problem. You shift the blame. For example, right? Damn. There, there's been, by the way, they're having a record year in killings in Chicago again. There's no, there's not no new popular um, drill rappers that are currently like spurring on beefs that are like super active. And don't say Dirk, like Dirk is an older artist in the game at this point. We haven't seen a lot of those artists kind of pop off, right? But Chicago has record killings yet again. So was it the drill music that was promoting or causing all the killings? Or was it the war in Chirac, which I haven't done, looks like about for like seven years. Is it those two things which aren't that relevant anymore or prevalent causing all the killings or is it something else? Should we look at like, you know, I just seen today, you know, Canada just passed a law. They're banning guns now. That's the whole thing. I don't even know if I want to get into that, given, you know, some of the recent stuff that's happened. But they're tackling gun control. Is Chicago tackling gun control? Or are people looking at, yo, it's the music and it's the guy commentating who's never been here. They're the ones that's spurring on the violence. And when those things stop, <laughs> you get me? When those things stop, they just ignore the problem. And the problem keeps going on. So you always think the convenient scapegoat. Life is kind of built on those things. And... I've seen such to be the case, even with this new, like, YSL indictment. The YSL indictment happened. You know what people said? Yo! YSL get indicted. Yo, this is an attack on hip-hop. Yo! They're, they're using lyrics to get dudes locked up. Once again, passing a buck. Not addressing the real problems. I seen Atlantic tweeted out. I see Thrill Entertainment tweeted out. So many people want to say... Stop using lyrics. By the way, I agree. I don't think that, you know, subjective, interpretive lyrics should be used in a case that's necessarily going to be about all facts. But did they get charged for lyrics? No. They got charged for actual murders, actual attempted murders, dealing a lot of drugs and a lot of weapons. That's the main part of this case. But of course, everybody passes the buck. Because the way you can get everybody to agree with you and ignore the real problem is to blame the scapegoat. Nah, they're just coming out of hip-hop. Both things could be true. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Both things could be true. Actually, that's the name of the title of this episode, matter of fact. Both things could be true. 
Yo, we're a record label, not a gang. Both things could be true. You could be a record label and a gang. They're charging us just for lyrics. No, they're not. They're charging for actual things. It's all about passing the buck. Accountability is something that I realize the smartest and the richest always avoid. Accountability is a sucker's game. Accountability, the ones who want to fall on the sword, are the suckers in life. The most successful avoid taking accountability at all costs. They go through life maneuvering. They never take an ounce of fucking accountability. They pass it on to somebody else. It's never their fault. And we're seeing this happen as we speak. Okay? Um... There's a few things I didn't want to talk about. If you guys don't know, I wasn't feeling too well the last couple of days. Nothing major, you know. Uh, my temperature was a little bit off. You know, I, had, I got a new dog. I named him Pluto. First time having a pet. It's like having a kid. You know, I thought, you know, uh, there's fun times with him, but he's a little kid. He bites everything. Every time he's out of the cage, he runs everywhere. He's a Rottweiler, if you don't know. I caught him shitting on my carpet. I was mad. I'm trying to teach him. He's teething right now, so he bites everything. He's biting up one of my expensive rugs. He's hyperactive. And literally, I thought about the life of an animal. It gotta be so fun. Wake up. They start till you feed them. Or till you let them out to shit and piss. They shouldn't piss. You know, I got a big yard. They shouldn't piss everywhere. After they shouldn't piss, they want to eat. After they eat, they want to shit and piss again. Then they want to go to sleep. Then they want to wake up. Then they want to play. Then they want to eat again. Then they want to go eat. They want to take a piss of shit. And they want to repeat the cycle over and over and over and over again. The life of an animal seems dope. My dog seems spoiled already. I knew I was going to have a bougie dog, but God damn it. Nigga don't even like a leash. I'm, all, I'm trying to walk the dog. He look like he's trying to walk me. Let's go over here. Fuck you, nigga. I'm going over here. What? Nigga. We're going there. Fuck you. Then the person who helped me take care of the dog spoiled the dog already. Everything got to be super microwave. All this gourmet meat. I'm like, What? I grew up in Jamaica. You know what my dogs in Jamaica used to eat? Leftovers. What we didn't eat. Bones. Here's the scraps of rice, nigga. My dogs in Jamaica, they were self-sufficient. They were survivors. They only really came around when you scraped the plate. You know what they knew? That was dinner time. And if you don't get there before the other dog get there, you ain't going to get no fucking food. You don't got no individual bowls. This dog... He gets four meals a day. His water, his water thing is always full. He got toys on toys. He got five different beds. He runs around the whole place. He's like, he's living like a king. I'm still trying to figure out if, if a dog is too much for me. 
He's only nine weeks old. Fuck. Holy, holy. Anyway, I was feeling a little ill, and I thought I caught the sickness from him because he also has a bad habit. Every time he goes outside, he eats anything, and he throws it up. Like, he's eating the mulch. Like, you know what I mean? He's eating mulch. He's fucking realizing it's not food. Later, throws it up. Then he gets real food. Then he shits everything out. Like, it's, it's just weird. So anyway, I thought I got sick from the dog. I don't even know if that's possible if you catch a cold from the I don't know, bro. But he was throwing up for a little bit too. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm definitely good now. You know, might be sniffing a little bit, but I'm straight. And I am back, okay? Now, I do want to say uh, salute to my guy Charlemagne first and foremost, okay? Let me clap it up for Charlemagne. I'll tell you why. I am applauding Charlemagne, okay? I'm applauding Charlemagne because he sent me a text today. And I got to tell you, man, life is about having a purpose, having goals. And not to bring up some of the personal conversations I've had with him because I value them. I treasure them. I feel like, you know, he's been someone who is, you know, he's he's autocorrected me on on my focus, on my path and, you know, put you into perspective and and and. And also kind of, you know, um, kind of been like a GPS a little bit. Be like, yo, yo, I've been up that road. You're going to have a crooked, crooked road. To, uh, you're going to have a crooked corn, uh, crooked, <laughs> a crooked turn to the left. And there's a hill down there. Make sure you slow it down because if you go too fast, you might fall off the hill. Okay, we're trying to make sure you're good. I've driven this a million times. Hopefully, me giving you the advice of experience will help. And I've appreciated that. You know, because... This is a very popular saying, you know, a wise man, no, uh, um, a fool, you know, makes the same mistake twice. A smart man learns from his own mistakes and a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So I try to, you know, look at people who have done the same things I'm, I've done or are doing the same things I'm doing. And if in any way I can learn from them, especially if they're as, you know, um, ready to share that knowledge. Like, you know, for example, you know, people like Charlemagne, Elliot Wilson, they've been, yo, hey, let me, let me give you your props when necessary, but also let me give you, like, Elliot's hit me a couple times be like, yo, act. Listen, cool out, man. We got to make sure we got you here. He was making sure I was inspiring at times. He was like, well, I'm seeing a few things. Let me just reach out. Let me see everything cool. It's my guy. I like him. Respect that. That's an OG. You know, in the rap game, a lot of rappers always, they always say that. Yo, we don't got OGs. Didn't Thug say that? He was like, yo, like, holding, Ho should have taught, taught us how to make a billion. You know, people want to not repeat. I think even Walker said that, like, yo, every time you hear about the older rappers running into label problems and, and, and contract issues, but they never pass knowledge um, forward to the new people who are signing contracts. So the cycle continues. Everybody's going to the same road bump. Everybody's falling in the same pothole. Fortunately for me, there's a few people, Charlemagne's one of them, that I feel like, you know, he doesn't micromanage or micro, like, you know, watches everything I do. But, like, you know, he's going on this path, and he's a legend. Fucking legend. And, and he sees in a roundabout way the path I should be going on, and he sends the advice. Hey, Ak, you should be in this conversation. So he hit me and he said, oh, act. 
He says, I think you should add this to your vision board. And it was a list. It's a list that I've, I was very, I seen it before too. I'm really up on these things. So it came out on my birthday. Actually, you know, when I looked at it, I was like, fuck. Am I getting snubbed again? But then I realized, I was like, no, you're not. You know, the days of me thinking I was getting snubbed in a lot of things is like, you know, I, I already discounted mainstream media. These days, from new school or new media, I feel like a lot of people get my flowers. I went to Toronto one time. I did like a podcast, bro. They love me. They're like, yo, we started our blog because of you. We started our Instagram because of you. Yo, we do this commentary because of you. And it was very new and refreshing, but also like, I was like, damn. There was a time that I was thinking I was doing this, and I thought I was just like a one-of-one that I was just going to impact this industry on a, well, he made it. But what I've realized, my impact has turned out to be kind of opening the doors and kind of like helping people realize there's other ways to fucking crack the Da Vinci Code, other ways to solve this Rubik's Cube. And that's been dope. Because more and more I'm getting people like, you know, whether it's reactors, whether it's other streamers, YouTubers, Instagram pages, they'll be like, yo, act. We follow the blueprint you set. And as they go, go about trying to make their own path and their own legacy, they show me respect. And I'm very grateful for it. But also, it's all about forging a legacy. And you can never be content. And for me, Remember one of the earlier conversations I had with Charlamagne was just like, I think we were just talking about what drives us. And I think I told him, I was like, man, I, I need, it's kind of like 50 and Hustler's ambition. I, I just, you know what he said? You know what he said? I need you to hate. I, I love when somebody don't like me. Almost to the point, I'm always looking for somebody to not like me. I like when somebody doubts me. I remember talking to him after I was snubbed off, you know, like a BT list. And I was like, I was like, thank you for acknowledging now in the breakfast club. But you know what? You know what this told me that like it, it, it slapped me back into focus. If I was asleep at the driver's wheel, it slapped like, you know, like you've been driving and like you kind of feel a little sleepy. And then you hit like a, a, a speed bump or something or a, a pothole. You're like, oh, shit. And now you just got mad adrenaline. You're ready to go again. Brought me back into full focus. And I thank him for sending this to me, even though I saw it already. I thank you for sending it to me because he gave me the challenge. And it's a challenge that I that I love. It's a challenge that I kind of was thinking. I'll pull up the list. It's the 35 most powerful people in New York media. And I remember seeing this, and I was like, damn. Look at these people, Samantha B, The Daily Show, you know, blah, blah, whatever, whatever. Look at this, look at this, like, this is The View, right? Look at this guy right here. Like, he's, um, he's a, he's a, I don't even know what this guy does, but I see Warner Media, I see a whole bunch of, like, really crazy things. CBS Mornings, here's Charlemagne, you know, salute to the legend. Yo, I don't know if I give him his, his flowers, but man, I'm telling you, he's a one-on-one in, in the sense of I don't see media moguls being created. I see other great media personalities. But the only contemporary black cultural media mogul I see at this point, not saying there won't be more, but at this point, from the lens I look, he's the guy. 
But I look at this list and I'm like, look at these people. Anna Wintour. They do the Met Gala. Right? Stephen Colbert. Like, just look at some of these names. This is chairman of NBC Universal, the president of the NBC News, the president of MSNBC, Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper. To be in this goddamn esteemed like category or be on a list with these people. Look, New York Times, and I know people are like, why don't we read the newspaper? Still huge deal. When Charlemagne said, yo, act, this is what your goal. You got to be on this list. This You got to set this, put this on your vision board. First thing I said to him, I said, how the hell do I get on it? And a very fair question. You know, for those who usually don't ever think about planning, who never think about striving and trying to figure it out, the first thing that usually comes to mind for them is Illuminati. You know, you always know when a nigga definitely plan, don't plan on getting too far because they're so complacent. They just, they already chalk it up as some shit that is like, you know, just not of this earth. Oh, that's Illuminati. That's devil worshiping. They sold their soul. But that's not the truth. This is hard work. This is consistency, persistence. So I looked at this, Jimmy Fallon, Quest Love. I said, looked at it, I said, damn, this is a goal of mine. I want to be on this list one day. Sean Hannity. And another thing why his message to me was so important, because it established that there's another level. And sometimes you get lost in the, in, in the shuffle. Like people, you, right now, you know, people are like, yo, Ack. Like somebody say, yo, Ack, you're, you're one of the, the current Voices of hip hop now, and I was like, "What? Damn! I've always dreamt of like being one of the de facto voices." I'm like, "Shit!" They said, "I am." That comes with complacency. That comes with also preventing you from seeing the bigger picture. Because in life, you also got to realize about demographics. You know, what I mean, all these people that you might be thinking like, "Yo, act. Why you want to be on that list?" The demographics they reach, you know, is just broad and wide. And as much as I love hip-hop, and I want to always be very much a cultural figure who affects the markets of people from the inner cities, 18 to 34, especially my niggas, I do have to be cognizant that the reason why a lot of these people and a lot of these folks on this list is because they're definitely multifaceted. They only talk about hip-hop. They, only, they ain't talking about first-week sales every day. They're talking about things affecting the world. They're talking about things with purpose and things that make change. They're talking about politics. They're talking about, they're talking about things that actually are bigger than hip-hop. Sports. You look at some of the biggest podcasts, you're going to realize. And, and, you know, I was having this conversation on Joe Bunn's podcast when he said, yo, he's one of the top podcasts. I'm like, yo, Joe, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, you're, you're the top podcaster, just like I believe I am as well within hip hop. But have you looked outside the demographics of what we appeal to? I don't know if he got what I was trying to tell him, but I was trying to tell him, like, a podcast like um, Impulsive. Hosted by Logan Paul. 
And this guy's is bigger than off the record. It's bigger than the Joe Budden podcast. It's bigger than anything in hip hop. What is their audience? Not the same audience that we have. Their audience is probably a lot of non-cultural white males who probably don't even have a love for hip-hop because you got to think about it. When you listen to a hip-hop podcast, you probably have some type of care about debating topics, caring about what, you know, like it. there's a lot of people who love sports but don't watch debate shows about sports. They just watch the games. There's a lot of people who listen to because you might be like, well, hip-hop is the biggest job. There's a lot of people who listen to Drake, but not everybody that listens to Drake wants to hear people debate about Drake. That's the point I'm trying to tell y'all. So when you look at like the, the behemoths, you listen to like, like, Look at the platform we're on. Call her daddy. Joe Rogan. These are platforms that their audience. I look at Joe Rogan and his audience is as, 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 as stereotypically white American as you could get. They love their football. They love their, they love their, their fighting. They love their guns. They are patriotic. That's his audience, I think. Look at Call Her Daddy. Young, young Caucasian or non-ethnic, and I'm talking about the majority. I'm not saying they don't have like, you know, black audience. Young Caucasian or non-ethnic um, uh, um, um, white chicks who are getting sexually liberated, who want to be able to express themselves in certain type of ways, and also horny motherfucking, you know, um, young dudes who want to hear women talk a certain type of way. White. It's levels to the shit. So when I look at that, you know, uh, um, it it gives me purpose. It gives me a challenge. It gives me um, a cause to strive for. Like, hey, you should improve on everything you're doing. You should, you should be able to be a little bit more multifaceted. You should be more well rounded. You should not only just talk about Playboy Cardis and little Uzis. You should be able to have a range where you talk about politics. What's going on with Elon Musk and Twitter? What's happening overseas? What's happening in, in boxing with Javante Davis and, 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 and Roly Romero? You got to be able to talk about a lot of different things. What's happening, the new thing that's... And this is why I think Joe Rogan's so great. Because he can talk about everything. He has a little bit of knowledge about everything. Like, he can talk about, well, this is this new scientific thing that just happened. NASA, NASA did this. And great. I talked to Andrew Schultz, and that's why I think Andrew Schultz is really dope and brilliant. I remember saying to him, I said, damn, you have a little bit of knowledge about everything. He said, man, I put it, I, I, like, I make a concerted effort trying to do that. So I say all that, was saying that this list, you know, it's inspired me. And Charmaine, thank you for that. And um, to all my other media counterparts, thank you for the ones who have been very productive and supportive of me, okay? Um, I, I did want to roll into, uh, uh, reacting to, a particular video really quick and this is going to be academics reacts before i get to my burnt out segment i got a burnt out segment that you gotta wait for okay um so we did song of the day uh, i'm gonna get some nice graphics for it don't you worry it's all coming i gotta get loaded up in here and stuff uh the song of the day that's my uh, uh that's t dot bando and d thing is called uh talk talk facts and i'm gonna give you guys burnt out of the day too. Okay. Now here's the thing. 
What compliments what I was saying is this, and I'll play this clip. This is Benny the Butcher. If you guys don't know, here's what he says. I don't want to hear that you better than a nigga. Don't tell me that. Tell me you work harder than somebody. Tell me you more focused than a motherfucker. Tell me you got a better game plan than a motherfucker. I don't want to hear you better than nobody because talent don't matter in this shit. Ah. You know, I, I agree with him and I disagree as well. Because I do think talent matters. You know, I've always said talents or God gifts to men and women are the, is basically the paved road towards success. What am I talking about? For example, if, if you know, if you want to be a singer, if you want to be a singer, right? Or, or let's just say you want to be an artist. You want to be an artist. You want to be an artist. And I, 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 without saying names, I want to see if y'all could get names. If you're an artist, there's a few intangibles that will be able to help you. If you got a beautiful voice, that's God-given, that's a gift. That's talent. Right? Got a beautiful voice. Or you're an attractive person. This is entertainment. We have to be very open and honest. When you're attractive, it helps you out. I know y'all know a lot of female singers who can't sing a lick or who ain't like you don't know what they really do but they are bad and for whatever reason they always end up on songs with somebody else who really popping right their look is helping them that's a gift from god their beauty or beauty in in the standards of everybody who's watching right because i get it beauty could be subjective right and then you'll see somebody else right who is like you know Maybe say unattractive, but that person, like you know, they've gotten way further. For whatever, for whatever, I've, I've, for whatever reason, I've I've realized it's the people usually that have the most talent become the laziest. They they either just only rely on the talent, or they don't even use the talent to their full potential. It's usually the people who have nothing. That work the hardest because they have nothing. I've always said hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. Just think about it. You can even think about women. Every bad chick I know have no personality. They have nothing else other than the fact that they're bad. You know why? As soon as they woke up and they realized, oh, God made me beautiful, that was it. You ever see an ugly chick? Tell me one attractive comedian, female comedian. None. When a girl is when a girl is uh, is pretty, she's dull. She's usually dull of personality. She just shuts up. Same thing with some of these dudes. Pause. You ever hear some of these rappers say, "Yo, because I look good is holding me back." No, it's not, nigga. <laughs> you just fucking lazy. You just think that because you got some girls wanting to fuck you, they don't want to listen to your music. They want to fuck you. You think that they should want to listen to your music. No, you should be working 50 times as hard to get those people to listen to your music. When I came in the game, I said, damn, act. You 5'9", you a little bit fat, you ugly as a motherfucker. You don't got none of these talents. Sometimes you talk with a little stutter. You don't have none of the talents that these motherfuckers got. So you know what I did? I said, but let me outwork every motherfucking one of them. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I've worked. Go to some of my first and earlier commentaries. 
I was good at one-liners, like clever one-liners, but like in fluid conversation, I was ass. I had to work at it continuously over and over. Fuck 10,000 hours. Let's do 100,000 hours. You think the motherfucker with a talent doing 100,000 hours? That nigga do 2,000 and says, I'm ready for the big leagues. Some of these motherfuckers who are talented, just lazy. I hate a lazy motherfucker. I like watching Shark Tank. And I always think, you know what? Let's see if I was supposed to invest in one of these motherfuckers. Who would I invest in? And I like watching what the sharks say themselves. If you don't know, Shark Tank is like a, a show. It comes on TV and like, Basically, people come with their ideas and pitch it, and then these sharks are the billionaires who, who could, you know, fund these ideas. A lot of them agree with this one principle. They say they don't, they don't, they invest in the person more than they do in the idea because the idea could be great, but if you have a lazy motherfucker or a person who don't know how to get that, mm, that in. That work ethic, that fucking persistence to execute, it means nothing. So I get what Benny's saying there. But trust me, if I could have been motherfucker, well, I was going to say, if I could have been 6'5", six, 6'5", five, <laughs> six, five, 170, I was going to be like, nigga, I'd be on a long time ago. Now, fuck that. Nigga, I'd be in the basketball league. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck all of that, nigga. I don't be doing no commentary, nigga. I'd be dunking on niggas, man. I'd be Jason Tatum. Fuck y'all niggas, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, I agree with that, okay? Uh, huh. I don't want to play this real quick. And by the way, salute to um, the podcast I'm about to play for, from. It's uh, Wallow and Gilly's podcast. It's called Million Dollars Worth of Game. They had Mano on recently, Mano and Jim Jones. They dropped a project called the Lobby Boys Project, right? And, um, yeah, they did an interview. They were talking about aging in hip-hop and how, like, you know, hip-hop is young. Just listen to this real quick, and I'll talk Performing about it. Performing songs from 73 shit. Here we go. Right. Stating, why did that, only in the black culture, mm -hmm. we try to limit on what, we, we, we try to try to limit our greatness, but these dudes perform songs from 73. Right. Run around, run around performing songs from 73 and shit. Right. Stay. Okay. L let me just stop. Um, Wallow right there. The reason why they're performing songs from 73 is because them songs were fucking mega hits in 73, brother. You know what I mean? It's, it's not really about, you know, black or white, young culture or not. Listen, you know, I don't know if y'all wanted to call Michael Jackson white, but nigga, Michael Jackson could have performed Thriller at a stadium every week. If he was alive, like there's certain people like when you have that catalog, you could just do what you want. It's a more about catalog, not necessarily about hip hop versus non hip hop, because I believe Jay-Z could go on an entire tour now just performing three albums. He could go on, I believe, a 30 city run. If he says I'm going to perform right reasonable doubt blueprint and I don't know, let's just throw in. Watch the throne. Or I would say black album, really, but, you know, whatever. If he said those three albums, and I'm going on a 30-city tour, I think he sells out all arenas. Legendary catalog. Come on, man. It's, it's legendary shit. So I think, I think when people try to compare themselves to other genres, we have to compare the success, though. Now the success is catching up. We could say a Drake 
His music is selling in the ballpark of a Taylor Swift. But it's not necessary. And by the way, when Drake retired, Drake going to be able to do, bro, he's going to be in Vegas like every day performing, I got my eyes on you. Like he's going to be there singing them Ratchet Happy Birthday, all that. So it's not necessarily that. It's all about how big the songs are. But let me keep playing. Stadiums, merch, everything. Why, is we coming to a place now? Do you think we can to a place closer in hip hop? Whereas though we going to be able to do it forever, just right. like everybody else do it forever? Right, right. we getting there. Um, Okay, big difference too. Doing it forever. Doing it forever. A lot of rappers are trying to start careers at 40 these days. They're not legendary. At, like, there's, there's not no fucking... I mean, sometimes it happens in the country genre. But, like, for most of these people, like, they all got their fame when they were reasonably young and, you know, they became legends. There's a lot of rappers, and I think it started with 2 Chainz. 2 Chainz was like 38. But Kanye about to be 50. But Kanye's a legend. See, that's the thing. Like, no disrespect to these guys, but like, I think Jim Jones is a legend as a part of the Diplomats. Dipset. By himself, I don't think Jim Jones is a legend. And I hope that's not disrespectful. I'm literally just only talking about music. Mano, I don't think he's a legend. By the way, I'm glad that they're putting out music, but, but I'm trying to just compare to the points you're trying to say. So when, when both of them say, right, or actually, well, Jim Jones, he, he just looked like he on the phone. Um, well, when Mano says, um, or I don't even know if Mano it was Wallow, there's a lot of rappers who are now doing new and different things and are still trying to achieve their peak in their 40s. I do think that's a thing, and I think that could happen. Don't get me wrong. So let me keep playing. Part of the issue is that the culture was very young. 20 mm -hmm. years ago. That is true. So you ain't have 30-year-old rappers. That is very true. Mm -hmm. but I, remember, I remember the game saying that. I remember game this and Jay-Z saying, yo, you 37 is still rapping. Oh, how old is the game right now? The game is probably like 40. Actually, he's definitely 40. The game was born in... Um, 1979. Because the culture itself wasn't old enough. Nowadays, you got 40-plus-year-old fans, right? So you got to think, the average fan that was a, 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 a Jay-Z, life and a death, uh, 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 in my lifetime, right? 98, 99. They was 20-something years old. They in the 40s now. They didn't stop becoming fans of the music, of the culture. So... The, the, the older the culture gets, then, then it gives artists the opportunity to come in the game sometimes older. You got artists coming in the game in their 30s now, right. rapping. They didn't, you didn't have that Shout before. out to Griselda gang. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because yeah, Griselda. back in Buffalo. the G. Back so that conversation G. is changing. I agree. And I definitely agree with that. Um, uh, salute, salute to Mano and salute to Jim Jones. Hope I don't think I was disrespectful by saying they're not legends on their own. However, um, and maybe they're local legends, but not just like hip hop uh, legends in the sense of um, universally. What I will say, though, I think what's missing here, I'm not talking about these guys in particular. I'm just talking about generally. We are seeing a lot of new rappers who are older, who are rapping. And I think that's cool because here's the thing. The, the newness factor is always a thing when it comes to hip hop. 
I think one of the things that is preventing hip hop from from going to another level is that people are still they're pointing out, well, well. How do I say this? If you was twenty, and you, I'll use Jay Z as an example because he's he's the anti example. Jay Z started rapping about some ignorant drug dealing shit, even though actually really wasn't ignorant. He was really like ahead of his time. Like he was rapping like pretty smart, but still like say any rapper like I'll use Fifty actually. Fifty is actually example. Fifty was rapping about some ignorant street shit. He's on the corner, blah blah blah. And the end of like I want to say the end of his career, but like like one thing with Fifty. And I think that's why his music career kind of fizzled out. Now, some people would be like, no, it's because, like, yo, you know, people don't respect the older rapper. 50 could still perform his classics. He could still go on an arena tour with his classics. But for new music, nobody wants the same content from a nigga when he was 20-something as he is 40-something. Hip-hop's content, when as an artist has grown, hasn't evolved. Niggas is still talking about being on the corner. Now, again, don't get this confused. 50 could still go on a tour from his classic shit, but people are going to gravitate. If he's dropping new shit saying the same shit, people are going to gravitate to the newer artist who seems to be more congruent with their lifestyle. Like, for example, they see young boy actually out there toting the choppers. He actually is in the streets. He's actually doing this shit. People seeing the headlines left and right. They're like, oh, he's actually in that phase of his life. 50... If he drops a if he drops a a, a a a song talking about like he's toting a chopper this and third, we know that he's producing power. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't hit as hard. And I'm just going off of what the consumer normally sees when they hear older rappers not evolving content. Now, if you're a new rapper that's older, I think people will rock with it. I don't think they mind as much. But if you're a seasoned rapper and you still rapping the same content, people get people get desensitized to the, the newer content and they only fuck with the older shit. But the legendary catalogs, like Eminem could go on, on a tour anywhere he wants to. Shit, I think Dr. Dre could go on some crazy tour. Dr. Dre and Friends? Arena tour, if you ask me. Shit, don't we see Diddy do it every now and then? Jay could do it. When Drake retired, you'd be able to do it. Shit, I think Wayne could do it now, even though Wayne is still pretty active. So I do think the age is widening, but what I will say is that, like, for example, the, the difference with the uh, the Griselda dudes is that they're kind of still pretty much new to the mainstream. They didn't pop off 10 years ago with this style of rap, and they still have the same buzz and notoriety with the same type of, you know, content without it evolving. Like, hip-hop just has to, as you, the longer you're in it, you just got to evolve, and I think a lot of people don't. That's the point I was trying to make, and I hope, you know, somebody's going to clickbait that because everybody hates when I speak about a rap that is, you know, a little bit older. They're like, oh, my God, he's hating on, no, I'm not hating on anything. I'm just keeping it a 100, okay, at least from my perspective, and I'm down to sit with anybody, even Jim Jones and Mano, to, to have a conversation, even though I would hope our conversation wouldn't be about that. It would be actually about their project. Anyway, um, I didn't want to get to my burnt out of the week. And this is kind of unfortunate I got to do this because, you know, me and this guy, you know, I really liked this guy uh, when he first came out, Blueface. I still like him. And I really don't know where it went wrong, but, like, 
I, I get to realize one important thing, and maybe I did mess up. I don't know. So I, I'll talk to you guys. I use you guys as my diary anyway. They always say, don't get between a man and his girl. And one of the things I'm going to tell y'all, and we're going to get into this, is that despite who you think is good for somebody, you always have to respect a man's queen. And that's why I have one criteria about people who are around me. Don't, I feel any man is weak if you deny your woman when you have real feelings. You know some of your boys act like they're too cool to claim their girl. I'm the type of dude I'm gonna be like, yo, yo, that's your girl? There was one of my guys, right? He used to do this. He used to, he used to like a girl so much. They'd be talking or whatever, but he likes her a lot. And I'll ask him, do you like her? And for whatever reason, I wonder if this felt like some high school shit. He didn't want to tell me he liked her. Didn't want to tell me. He was like, oh, oh, oh. Like, nah, nah, nah. She, nah, nah, she's just cool. I'm like, bro, is your shorty like you fucking with her? Like, nah, you can holler at her. Now, I knew he liked her. But I asked him about 40 times. But he was always downplaying it. Dismissing her, just trying to look cool in front of the boys. And I had to teach him a lesson. And and when I'm and I didn't do no foul or grimy shit, but but like one day I told him, I was like, Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm like, yo, or remember so and so? It's like, oh bro, chill. Like, you, you know, I think he brought up like, yo, bro, that's not my girl. I was like, no, 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 no. I know that's not your girl. Yeah, I know that's not your girl, because I piped her out. <laughs> and the look on his face dropped. And I just looked at him, I said, bro, you, no, I didn't, bro, but you got to just stop the capping, bro. Like, like it, you don't get cool points by lying to your boys about your girl. And I say all that to say, you see, when a guy has a girl he cares about, he acts a little bit differently, and, and, and she holds a place in his life that you as a friend, you know, number one, it shouldn't be any competition with that, but also you have to respect it. And respecting her means respecting him. Now, I'm giving Blueface burnt out of the week, but I understand what I believe to be happening in this situation, which I am going to side partially with Blueface. Let me first tell you why I'm giving him burnt out of the week. Um, so... Let me see if I can let me go Why back to this. That? Hold up. Give me a second. All right. So I'm on my, my, my Instagram page here. No, I don't even think I posted. I just stayed away from it, bro. I stayed away from it. Me and Blueface kind of got into it, and he sent me a message. And I could tell now that he kind of, that's his girlfriend. I, you see, at first, I was thinking, that, nah, that ain't your girl. No, that's his girlfriend. He loves her. And that's one thing I say to Blueface. Bro, that's your queen. That's your Beyonce. Own it and, 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 and also claim her brother because people will treat her like she's a hoe if you don't treat her or claim her to people like she's your queen. So you're going to have a problematic household when, and when I mean she's your queen, she, listen, being in a relationship is allowing someone to be able to manipulate or, or, or have some access to control your emotions too. What I mean by that is this. If you're in a relationship with a girl, if she's upset, your mood is altered. 
You're not you're not in a real relationship if your girl is upset and you're unbothered. It usually is symbiotic, right? Anyway, this is Blueface's mom that's on the screen right here, okay? And her mom apparently got beat up. She has two black eyes, and she put this on. She put this on the caption. She says, "All I know, my son will never bring that person around family ever again in life, and that's that matters." Okay, so carry on. She said, "Neither will the police or the judge at the end." And basically, I'll give you the summation of what supposedly happened. Blueface's mother and his sister got beat up by Blueface's girl, and Blueface's sister's. Husband got like knocked out or something like that by like Blueface. Okay. Now, after that was done, you know, um, uh, the sister said this. Is this the sister? No, no, this is the mom again. The mom again says this Blueface, I will never forgive you for what you did to your sister and the sister's husband. Never in life. I pray God has mercy on your soul. Okay. Um, then you see. The, you see, the mom says, Jonathan, you need help. And if you have enabled and if I've enabled you anyway, I would ask God for forgiveness. You brought that trash bag and her dog and her dog where I laid my head and paid rent through helping you build your business. And I asked you more than 10 times to get her out of my face. And you sick that girl on me like a like a vicious dog. I've never believed them about you. But now I see now you're the living devil I, I that I got pregnant with. After that abortion, you haven't paid me ever since September for working in that restaurant and my husband, but his own money, put my, put his own money into it, but, but I will see you in court. Now, post the beginning where you punch your sister, blah, blah, blah. Okay, wow. Okay, this is getting deep. Now, first of all, let me say this. I don't want to get too much into their family business, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to extrapolate in a second. So, Blueface's mom lives in a house paid for by Blueface, Right. Blueface also has a business that his mom works at. Now, I guess, you know, of course, he's supposed to pay his mom. But, you know, I don't know what situation they got. Regardless, she still lives at the house that's owned by Blueface, right? So all this is going on. She still lives at his house, right? Um, the sister says, got jumped by seven dudes, include my brother, then Rock, which is Blueface's girlfriend, ran up after the gang member... And me and my husband, as you can see, I peed myself. Oh, wow. This and third. One thing I don't play by my mama. Um, saddest thing is manager paying everybody at the party. Okay, okay, okay. Wow, okay. Anyway, it's a lot to get to, all right? Now, I'm going to be honest with you, right? There's a video. I won't even show it. It shows the sister who obviously peed on herself, like getting beat up by Blueface's girlfriend. You don't really see the mom getting beat up, but you see Blueface like standing right there. And that's that's why I'm giving him burnt out of the week. Before I get to the other part, which is, you know, his side, I first got to give him burnt out of the week just because I don't care what the situation is. You never allow anybody to put they, their hands on your mom. That's a fact. And I don't care if your mom could be dead wrong. You can't allow that to happen. At the very worst, you break it up. Even if your mom tried to attack your girl, you break it up. You don't stand by and let that happen. And you definitely don't stand by and let your sister also get her ass beat. Okay? I think that's just principle. So that's why I'm giving them burnt out of the week. But I do want to be very fair. Because Blueface brought up something that, and I don't know if you guys would be able to relate. Blueface is the moneymaker. Blueface is the guy, 
And a lot of times, it's not only because he's a moneymaker and the, the guy, quote unquote. Sometimes I see people playing this game of the Special Olympics, as I call it. Who's more special? Women do it a lot. You get me? I'll give an example. There was this chick I was like dealing with at my very first compass con I brought her. And I, I had a booth. We were selling merch. But everybody's there. This is in Long Beach. And I have my coworkers there from Everyday Struggle. I have other business partners there. And I have people who are working for me. And the girl, right? And the girl who is sleeping with me at the time, she started talking to everybody like she was me. And actually even worse than me. Because I don't really talk to people in a demeaning manner. She started to exercise authority that she didn't have. She would tell people like, hey, you should do this. My man is your boss. Like she would make it be known. And she wasn't doing that, you know, on any, you know, behest of me. She was doing that to establish her position with other women and other people who she felt threatened by. She wanted them to know that's my guy. My boyfriend is the guy or I wasn't a boyfriend, but the guy who I'm fucking is the person who pays your bills or who runs this or who made this possible or who's getting you access to this or whatever the case is. And she wanted almost like respect because of that. That was weird because I remember checking her saying, you shouldn't even be talking to people that that's working at everyday struggle. Like you got to know your place. Like that's how I get paid to finance a lot of these stuff that I got going on. You having an attitude with people who I have to go to work with because you feel entitled because you are fucking me? What's up with you? That's weird. But as I say that, it could work both ways. Family plays the Special Olympics. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but tell me. DM me on Instagram if you could, I don't know, if you could, if this maybe, you know, you've experienced this before. You get a girl and all of a sudden your siblings like checking that girl, like almost like belittling her to be like, yeah, you're just one of the, one of the chicks who, who he, who he be fucking like, you should respect me because you're fucking my brother. Or, or maybe the mom talks you a little crazy, like you should, like you need to know your place and respect me because that's my son who you're with. Now I'm not talking about just general courtesy and respect. I'm talking about stepping over the line a little bit. I give an example. I give it a personal example. Right? I won't use any names, even though I'm using someone family, right? On. Uh, like so so I mentioned that was one girl at the first compass con. I think two compass cons afterwards. I brought the girl I was dealing with then, right? Two different girls. I flew out a bunch of people, because that's when I realized complex will not be protecting us against shit. I'm like, all right, bet, let me just bring everybody in the fucking world, right? Cool. And 
I got there a day before, then everybody got there the day after. When people got there, um, my brother and the girl I was dealing with, like, just upon picking them up at the airport, they're kind of like, whatever. They're not talking to each other. Now, I kind of try to talk to and figure out what's going on. They got both different stories. Okay, my brother says that she was disrespectful, right? My brother says that she said to him, like, yo, y'all just using him for money. Right? And, uh, um, which is wild disrespectful to say to someone's family member, right? Especially you don't know them the center, you don't know the situations, right? And then she says, well, he basically disrespected me, basically saying, yo, like, yo, yo, uh, she said she was trying to be nice, and it was like, yo, you ain't nobody, like, yo, you just one of the, one of the bitches who you be fucking with, like, yo, just, like, do what I say type shit, you get me? And um, she felt offended. You know, she just she was like, yo, that's like mad rude on how to like speak to someone. All right. I listened to listen to both of them. And by the way, this is my bigger brother as well. So, you know, I listened to both sides. And there was a problem that happened. Like my brother got so mad at me because he wanted me to force her to apologize. Now, she felt offended by him. Right. She, she admitted that she did say those comments, but she said that he was so disrespectful to her, like, oh, you're just one of them bitches. All right, whatever, whatever, whatever. So she said that's what prompted her, right? But listen, I don't care what the story is. The, the main point was this. My brother was mad at me saying, yo, you gotta, if you don't make her apologize to me, you're picking this girl over your family. Now, one of the things I was trying to tell him is, was that, and he's, he hasn't been in many relationships. You know, I've lived with multiple women. I said, bro, you do know that when you have a woman who also has her own feelings about the situation, my whole thing was just trying to get them to come to a medium or apologize to each other. My brother would not buck. He wanted me to make a statement to this chick that, yo, you're not family. And I was like, this is my girl. Like she, she has a feeling about the situation and I have to address it. And sometimes family could get in, could get like that, where they want to, they want you literally because you're family, to offend or shit on or ostracize somebody else. Who, again, granted they have no allegiance to this girl, but this girl I'm living with, like I'm living with this chick. This chick lives with me. What you want me to say? Like, oh, yo, bitch, apologize to my, apologize to my brother, or else. Also, because I try to do that, I try to talk, talk, like, she got mad at me because she was like, damn, you really don't give a fuck about my feelings. It's all about just whatever your brother said. So I, I think I understand what Blueface is going through. And let me show this clip here because I think what Blueface later said is that he feels his mom tries to act like his girlfriend. And what does that mean? His mom, and I know this sounds crazy. His mom wants to almost be like the boss of the girlfriend. And if the girlfriend doesn't show that respect, the mom will violate the girlfriend. And then now the girlfriend's mad at Blue, right? And then Blue's in a very weird position. Now, Blueface put this up on Instagram. He said, yo, my mom does this with every female. 
and he put up this video and he sh- it shows the mom. This is when he had a pre- this is his pregnant girlfriend from three years ago. So when his girlfriend was pregnant, look what is this is mom standing. Look how admit mom does it. Wow. That was his mom walked in the door. Now, let me tell you what, what position Blueface is in. If you stand up to your mom or your mom, you wildin'. Your family's going to be like, whoa, you're picking this bitch over us? Also, if you tell her, like, you're not chill, 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 that's my mom. She's looking at you and, not, and, and losing some respect. So that's what I'm just trying to tell y'all. There is a situation where both things could be right. And both things could be true. That's why I'm giving him burnt out, but I think I understand as well. And when I say I understand, I'm not understanding nobody putting his hands, their hands on his mom. But I understand what he's trying to say is the situation with his mom and his family. His family feel like they, like, like some people take this blood thicker in, like, you know, blood is thicker than water shit, like to another level to use uh, in terms of power to be like, well, bitch, you ain't his wife. Like, yo, where, where is family? Like, we going to do what we want to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, my family, they, they were like, yo, I, I was like, yo, most of the places I go is with this girl. She wants to like apologize and squash beef. They were like, no, we don't want to talk to this girl. I'm like, yo, she, she wants to, they made a situation to say, well, hey, if we're going to be doing a family gathering, she can't come. And I'm like, well, if she's trying to apologize and stuff, it puts me in a weird position because now, now every time I got to come alone or this and third, and then it makes it certain, certain situations where if you're going to do something with her, you can't be with your family. It's just a weird situation where it's them or us. And I've seen that's happened before, not bailing out blue face at all, but I know this to be the case. I've seen it before. Now, this is ratchet. What they're doing, putting hands on each other, ratchet. Can't agree with it at all. But I do pray for all of them, okay? Still, Blueface, you're the burnt out of the week. Um, oh, by the way, salute to my man Joe Bunn. Look at this nigga Joe, man. Joe, you got to fix that thumb, bro. Joe thumb is split in like five places, man. I don't know what happened with, with that. But I think this is Joni's new lady, okay? Is she Latina? I know Joe them Latinas. If Joe came back to the black side, you know something's up. Joe is giving me Joe is giving me the tutorial. You know what I mean? Get him indictment. I'm playing. I'm playing. That's a joke, people. Anyway, uh, the last thing I do want to touch on, yo, the uh, uh, Look at Me documentary XXXTentacion is out now. I have not watched it. I will be watching it. Um, I did miss the advanced screen, and I'm sorry, Cleo. I, I was around my birthday, and there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to watch this that I could talk about on the next episode of Off the Record, which probably will be coming out tomorrow. So make sure you digest this, save this to all your favorites, all your libraries. Thank you guys for watching another episode. Hopefully you were thoroughly entertained. If you do like watching these solo episodes, let me know. If you want me to get a guest, we about to get some guests. Uh, we'll be back in the other studio as well. Let me know uh, what you want. Just hit me in the comment section on my Instagram post or just DM me, all right? Love you guys. I will see you guys Probably tomorrow. Let me get back to my song, okay? <laughs> Let's go. Thank you for watching.
fire.